Hello everyone, welcome back to It's a Wonderful Podcast, festive season, holiday movies, lots of joy but also some not very joyful things because that's what this movie's like that we're talking about today, Nolan. I thought you were describing me there. Also, that could be describing you. You are very miserable when it comes to Christmas. Usually this is a moniker people put on me. However, I celebrated Christmas fine this year. I got blue hair and My Chemical Romance tickets. I'm Christmassy. That doesn't sound very Christmassy at all. Where is your Santa costume? My Santa costume is back in 2003 where it belongs. That's offensive. There's no need for that. Where is your tinsel and sparkly lights? In the trash compactor, because that is uh, taking up energy, and I am climate friendly. You're being miserable. Plus, tinsel looks ridiculous. I can see you're wrapped. You're wrapped in it now. Like you've just got a suit full of just just pure tinsel. It's like I feel like I'm looking at a Christmas ornament. Well, as you can see, <laughs> as you can see, Nolan, I am fully decorated for Christmas here. Um, not that the good listeners, hello to you, can see um, at the moment, but they can see on other things that I do that are video related from recent times that uh, I am I am decorated. But anyway, anyway, this is episode one hundred and ninety. Would you believe it, Nolan? Of It's a Wonderful Podcast, the main show. Today, we are talking 1942's Holiday Inn, a movie that is known specifically for one thing and then specifically for one other thing. And those two things probably could not be further apart from each other in terms of the feelings people have towards them. I am, of course, talking about... You're talking about Holiday Inn, right? Yes, we're talking. Yes. Yeah. Why do you hate I, the title? Oh, well, because it also reminds me of a really shitty line of B and Bs in the UK. Well, sure. I mean, Holiday Inn as a company probably comes from this. Of, but we're not thinking about that. This is the movie, Nolan. This is this is Bing Crosby. This is Fred Astaire. I'll give this you a little fun fact singing. before we start. A fun fact. Yeah, a fun fact about this movie. What's that, Uh, then? In 2018, uh, Theresa May announced this as her favourite Christmas movie. It's probably a bad call, really, wasn't it? Which explains a lot. (laughs) Probably does. Probably does. Look. She probably has the Snyder Cut version of this movie. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Look. We are going to, of course, get into Holiday Inn, and it's it's good and bad. Before, when I was talking about the two very specific things it's well known for that people couldn't think more differently of when compared to each other, is, of course, the fact that it's the first instance of the song White Christmas. Irving Berlin's White Christmas, sung by Bing Crosby, which universally, Nolan, everybody loves, even you, a miserable Christmas person. I don't think it's fair to call me a miserable Christmas person, because 
you're currently talking to me in a state where I have a Roman law exam tomorrow, and I'm just naturally miserable. It might not have anything to do with Christmas. But it shouldn't interrupt your Christmas spirit. And I feel like you're letting it. I I can uh, look if you if you had to read this shit <laughs> several times and still not know what it fucking means, then your spirits would be dampened as well. Well, perhaps, 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 perhaps. But just think about all the Christmas fun you'll be able to have when that's finished with. Yes, uh, will you be, be happy then? I'll be celebrating by seeing Spider Man. Well, that's a, that's a good reason to celebrate. But also, do you like the song White Christmas like everybody else does? Yes, and Can I do you sing it. it for me, please. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. I wasn't Just actually expecting like you to do well done. I used to know. Is it weird I know it more from Home Alone than this movie? No, because had you ever watched this movie before? This was my first time watching this movie. I had seen White Christmas, which is the air quotes sequel to Holiday Inn that would have been a more direct sequel had Fred Astaire come back for that one instead of Danny Kaye. But it's filmed... Holiday Inn and White Christmas are very much air quotes sequel you know it's very much an air quote sequel because it's like filmed on the same set it's about saving the holiday or saving the inn rather than kind of starting it up and going through what it's about yeah so it's it's the footloose of uh christmas musicals possibly possibly but i like I don't massively love White Christmas, the movie, either. It's weird. I feel like my relationship with White Christmas, the movie, is kind of similar to now my relationship with this movie, in the sense that I I, I like Bing Crosby as a singer, as a, as a kind of presence. I, you know, his counterpart in, in either movie is Danny Kaye in White Christmas and it's Fred Astaire in this movie. I prefer both of those to Bing Crosby in both movies. This year has given me, I put a, a series of tweets out about this when I did watch this movie for this show, that I've gained a real appreciation for Fred Astaire this past year. So is Tom Holland from the recent Hollywood news. Good. Why? What's this? Is he going to play Fred Astaire? He is in a biopic Ooh. about Fred Astaire. Okay. That is quite interesting. I'm into that, actually. That's, that's, that's an interesting thing. But I don't know... I don't know how familiar you are with, with Fred Astaire movies, to be honest, Nolan. But Very good dancer. That's all I know about him. And that was all I knew about him before having watched a series of his movies this past year because he's a way better actor and a way better presence on screen in his, his face, in his emotions, in his kind of delivery and all that kind of stuff than I ever gave him credit for before I'd even watched any of his movies. We all have 
preconceived or perceptions of, I think, older actors, classical actors, or classic Hollywood actors, old Hollywood actors, whatever you want to say, that I feel can sometimes be very accurate to what they are. And of course, my perception of Fred Astaire was always that he was a, obviously a very good dancer who was in movies primarily because he was a very good dancer and that is what carried him throughout his movies. But he's much more than that. And I think he's more than that in Holiday Inn. Despite the fact, obviously, it's Fred Astaire's role is primarily there so Fred Astaire can dance. But Bing Crosby's role is primarily there so Bing Crosby can sing. It is playing off the two huge talents of its two leading men. And it, it does that well, to be fair to it. It does that well. Could you imagine if it was a Freaky Friday situation and they had to swap their talents? I feel like there's I feel like there's a fun comedy in there somewhere. I do. I feel like that's probably something that's happened in, in a movie. That sounds like it would be a weird pre-code movie that I might have seen. I will seen, go hunting for know. that. Yeah. I feel like that would definitely happen. In the middle of those two in this movie, anyway, you've got Marjorie Reynolds and uh, and Virginia Dale playing the two leading women who are... They're, they're, they're good. It's unfortunate that they kind of get a little overshadowed by the two big stars, which are, are the two guys. And... While Holiday Inn is, of course, very well known for having the song, you know, the first iteration of the song White Christmas in there, Bing Crosby singing that, that's obviously wonderful. It's Irving, it's an Irving Berlin musical. It's got a couple of other decent songs. I like the Happy Holidays song because that's kind of a, become more of a Christmas staple of a song as well now. It's actually very little about Christmas. The point of Holiday Inn is actually an inn where they celebrate, or they're open, and they celebrate every holiday throughout the year. So we get a little bit of kind of every American holiday throughout the year. So like Hanukkah, Christmas, uh, the anniversary of... I don't know who died in December. That's notable. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's not just December, is it? But you get like George Washington's birthday and the 4th of July and Thanksgiving. Oh, so they, and, ce they celebrate all the holidays because honestly, with my yeah. study brain, I must have missed that detail. Yeah, it's it makes it quite a fun structure, really, I think. I think it's a it's a well it's a well enough paced movie. And there's decent songs in there. There's also the song Easter Parade in there, which I actually I actually don't mind. I mainly know that from the Fred Astaire movie Easter Parade, which came out, I think, in the early 50s, which is also pretty good. Um, but ultimately, I will ask you two... I will ask you questions, Nolan, before we get on to... What is what ultimately kills me wanting to ever watch the movie again, to be honest with you. I'm happy I've watched the movie, but I don't really ever 
fee will feel the need to to go back and and watch it simply because of the one massive problematic detail that is involved in the movie however do you after watching this movie somewhat agree with me when it comes to fred astaire now do you see that he's a little more than just a good dancer uh yeah i mean i would guess that just from like how everything i know about fred astaire fred astaire was oh wait no he wasn't in mary poppins was he that's dick van dyke that is dick van dyke but i imagine people who are like that who are so talented at one thing naturally have dabbled in other things as well and therefore they apply that same kind of focus and preparation towards those other things. They may not be as good as they are at the one thing, but you'll see like yeah. their passion and dedication there. And what about Bing Crosby? Do you know or do you have any sort of preconceived perceptions of what Bing Crosby was like as a performer or a singer? Just the song White Christmas, which I find ironic is in this movie, which is considering it has blackface in it. I don't think White Christmas has anything to do with race. <laughs> I know, but it's it's the thing you can draw on. Look, it's a joke you can make. It's a joke you can make, and I think it's a fair joke to make. I think that's why it's Theresa May's favourite Christmas song. <laughs> yes, well, quite possibly. But... We we'll have we'll we have to talk about it. It's the most kind of topic of conversation thing to be had about holiday and to be honest with you. It's always it's a strange one for me because it's always been touted as a, a Christmas classic. But after having watched it, it's obviously very little to do with Christmas. It's a, it's based around every American holiday. So you get a bit of each of it. The plot is a fairly basic romance plot that you've seen in 17,000 other movies. Not that that's a bad thing, because you, you always enjoy that kind of stuff in, in these movies. The 4th of July segment in it is really patriotic and kind of propaganda for World War II. Because this movie obviously came out in 1942, right in the midst of the Second World War. And the 4th of July segment literally has Bing Crosby, like, singing about freedom, wearing an Uncle Sam hat. And, to you know, set to a montage of American troops and Franklin Roosevelt. It's ridiculously pro-American, let's support the war effort. Which I suppose you've got to say is fair enough. You would have needed movies to be like that at that time. Thankfully, we do not live in such times where we require that kind of thing in our movies. Because thankfully, Nolan, there is not a world war going on at the moment. No, I mean, uh, unless Boris Johnson uh, destroys Peppa Pig World, I doubt we're going to have another one. Do you think that's what will set it off? Yeah. Ultimately. Peppa Pig just means that much to people that that'll just be the end. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, definitely to him. I mean, I can only imagine 
a World War Three happening if like Boris Johnson accidentally falls asleep at a desk and pushes a nuke button. I mean, that's probably more likely. I would say, you know, incompetence and what have you. But anyway, but anyway, um, so, I, so yes, the Fourth of July segment I actually quite appreciated for it being a very kind of, you know, of its time piece of movie making. So I I, I liked it for that. Obviously, Nolan, what I didn't care for and what nobody should care for and what is absolutely ridiculously horrible is the scene that I'm led to believe you did not watch the version with this in. Now, I'm gonna, no. I will have a conversation of that. However, there is a scene, there is a whole musical number in this movie which celebrates, I think it's celebrating Abraham Lincoln's birthday. And it's a whole musical number called Abraham that is all about how great it was that Abraham Lincoln freed slaves. Now, this song is performed by Bing Crosby. And for God's sake, I forgot her name. Oh, that's a horrible thing. I always do it. Her name is it's performed by Bing Crosby and marjorie reynolds in blackface in fairly horrible blackface as well i mean not that any black not that there's a scale of good blackface to bad blackface it's all bad it just it's i suppose it goes from bad to horrible doesn't it if there is a scale but there really isn't now it's obviously wrong we have dealt in the past on this show on it's a wonderful podcast with people caricaturing other races i remember i think it me and janine covered breakfast at tiffany's so there was the whole mickey rooney mr Unioshi situation that was a that was a what a long while ago that we covered that now the but, yellow face Yes, with, yeah, Mr. Yoshi and, and Mickey Rooney playing that character. In this, the, the blackface feels absolutely unusual. It is, I think the best way I can possibly describe it is that the intention and the kind of thought of of the message of it is not racist but obviously the execution is absolutely awful in blackface in are... general is ridiculous like of course it is beyond the racial implications it just looks fucking stupid of course yeah of course of course of course of course the weird thing to me in in this particular scene is though that Bing Crosby's there singing about how great it was that the slaves were freed by Abraham Lincoln whilst in caricaturish blackface. It's, it's just a really weird. weird situation where like you're you're being for this good progressive thing, but your execution of it 
is so unbelievably wrong. What are you doing? Now, as, as an oppressed person, I can say that hasn't gone away. People people do no. that. Like they, they try to act I mean in lesser ways than blackface, obviously, but people do often commit the same acts that they're against when they're trying to do it for the better. For example, people on the internet being like, Oh, I really think this oppressed person should they should always listen to them and then when that person points out a flaw in their argument, they get really annoyed. Like you yeah, know what I'm talking about. I do. It's look, it's obviously a, a, a it's obviously a, a tough thing to talk about because it's such a horrible thing to talk about. But ultimately it's quite, it's quite my feelings towards it are quite basic. Really blackface is abhorrent. It's horrible. We shouldn't be performing that. It well, we do, killed... we do still perform it somehow. Like uh, I'll bring up a show you love. It's always sunny. Did an episode with blackface. <laughs> But there they all—they're always saying like they're—they're they're essentially making a joke of it, like how ridiculous That's blackface is and how dumb it is. With this, it's like, oh, I'm doing the blackface, and it's a good thing. And that is another thing I feel when you're criticizing movies like this. You—you you can enjoy elements of a, a movie that's got problematic elements in it, but you Absolutely. have to be willing to engage with those and to critically discuss those. You can't just be like. Oh well, I like holiday, and so the blackface doesn't really matter to me. Don't be a Theresa May. Exactly, absolutely, exactly. Now, I did like this movie. I couldn't. I just felt deeply uncomfortable watching that one scene. However, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, I'm saying I don't really feel the need to watch this movie again. But I don't agree with saying cutting that scene out of the movie because then it's like you're forgetting it ever happened and that can be a dangerous thing you know yeah, if well, you forget people will never things, let it forget that it happened no and i hope they don't i hope they don't it i hold to the turner classic movies opinion and argument of movies should always be old movies should always be presented in their original format warts and all because those warts at one point in history were more normal they were more commonplace in in entertainment and we have to kind of recognize that we have to recognize that blackface at one point was commonplace in entertainment it's wrong it was wrong then, it's certainly wrong now. But to say, watch this movie with it cut out, like the people that have cut this Abraham number out of this movie, I don't know what their end goal is. Because I feel like you, you can't just forget about it and pretend it was never in there because you know it's one step from that to more se to forgetting about most much more big picture serious things that happened in history that we're saying oh no that didn't really happen the only way we learn from you, you know as a as a culture 
is by recognizing things we did in the past were wrong and not doing them again. So to not recognize those in the first place means we're in danger of doing those things again. So I don't, I, I don't like the cutting it out. I prefer the keeping it in for that, for that reason. However, I do also hold the opinion that watching the movie with that in makes you not want to watch the movie again. Like I said, I, I'm happy I've watched the movie because it's a somewhat significant movie. But I never feel the need to watch it again. And I'm perfectly happy admitting that. I'm perfectly happy saying that. This isn't necessarily the most uh, celebratory of a Christmas movie. We will be on an episode of It's a Wonderful Podcast. I'm certainly very celebratory of the song White Christmas and the performance of White Christmas in this movie. And like I said, the performance of, of the Happy Holidays song and Fred Astaire and, and Bing Crosby generally. But, I mean, Bing Crosby obviously is the one performing the, 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 the blackface in this movie. Fred Astaire is not in this movie. However, Fred Astaire did in his career perform in blackface. It just, it, it was commonplace in a, at a certain time. And it was often done. Or I say it was often done, but in, in this movie and in the instance of Fred Astaire in the movie Bojangles about Bojangles Robinson, who was in Stormy Weather, which is another movie we've covered on this show, it was done in a an honouring fashion, as in, you know, Fred Astaire wanted to honour this other tap dancer he admired, by playing him in a in a biopic in blackface. Now, obviously, that's ex the execution of that good intention is awful. You couldn't, you know, that this this is not something people should be doing. I just feel like it, it's it's important to realise that I think the intention was positive. It's just the execution of it was just absolutely horribly wrong. True, but like a, a lot of the worst things have happened with good intentions. I know for a fact that happens yeah. still today. And you know what? If um, this movie having like a blackface scene like stops people from watching it or wanting to engage with it, I'm not going to blame them. That's no, totally for God's fair. sake, no. Of course I'm, it I'm is. Not, I'm not going to be like one of those guys on the internet who's like, oh, well, it was just how it was, so you have to look at it through this lens. Like, I'm not going to tell people how they should feel about it. Like obviously, blackface is fucking wrong, and no. I, I don't think I don't think you need like an extensive deep dive into it like that to uh, show that it's wrong. Just like I'm sure what TCM do, and I could be wrong about this. They do, they do put up like an infographic right before movies like this are shown to like say it's wrong. Yeah, that's what that's that's the right way of going about it. Is acknowledging the wrong things are there, but still presenting them because they are what happened and they are what was in this movie yeah because like you can't I, just forget about them this is something i just have as a view of an artist and because like well so like i'm a comedian right yeah and with that job it, there comes the implication you have to know that your jokes aren't always going to age well 
you have no way no. of knowing whether they will age well or not. Just you say them in the moment, and if they're funny, they get a reaction. If they're not funny, then you move on. You cut them out of your act. You try and make them punchier or whatever. But it reminds me of this thing that comedians do where they're complaining that so many people are go- acknowledging that their jokes haven't aged well, and they're being like, oh, well, you can't do comedy anymore. Like Anyone who says you can't do comedy anymore is a fucking idiot because it's always sunny has just been renewed for four more seasons. Exactly. Exactly. It's the it's just the way you deal with difficult topics, really, isn't it? Yeah. In, in and terms, that, in and terms of that topics. shows perfect for like I mean, anyone who says uh that comedy is dying or it's being destroyed by woke culture or whatever, just show them an episode of It's Always Sunny. It's not, yeah. it's just your jokes are fucking lazy. Yeah, or it's it's a you know, it's a often a lack of intelligence in that realm. Um, but in terms of in terms of this movie, obviously it's pretty straightforward. That scene is deeply uncomfortable. The rest of the movie is quite entertaining. It's genuinely quite entertaining. You know, seeing that, it doesn't change the fact that Bing Crosby is a fantastic singer it doesn't change the fact that you know he's a great he's an icon of movies and and media and music it doesn't change any of that it just it's a thing that was commonplace we acknowledge it's wrong it's not you know i i i think it's wrong to lay personal blame on the people actually performing it at that time i don't know how you feel about that i know it's a tough i mean they're both they're, they're both dead so you like criticize them all you want i say well that's that is also fair enough um i know that this is the second of of uh two musicals We've actually covered on in in festive season the two of us, uh, Nolan, on on this show. Did you prefer this one or Meet Me in St. Louis? Probably Meet Me in St. Louis. As a musical, mm, or as yeah, a movie? I like I like the songs better in Meet Me in St. Louis, yeah, and I like okay. the overall story better. Is there a, is there any? of Holiday Inn that you actually do legitimately enjoy? I enjoy the idea of uh, creating a space where you can celebrate all kinds of holidays and thus bring people together. The general message of the story I enjoy. I like the White Christmas song, obviously. But like, there's, I'm probably in the same boat as you. I can't see myself wanting to revisit or rewatch this movie. Yeah. I think if, if you do want to you know, go and watch a movie, a movie similar to this that doesn't have the problematic elements, at least, you know, so on the surface. Watch White Christmas. Um, that's still very much in the same vein, but doesn't have glaring horribleness going on, which is which obviously makes it a little bit lighter to watch, which is kind of what you want anyway from 
watching movies at Christmas, isn't it? You want nice light fare to watch. You don't want to be necessarily trying to pick your brain off the floor because you've just watched something you really weren't expecting to watch. It's, it's I mean, how many situation. movies do we watch per year that, and how many of them do we actually remember? Like, like be honest with yourself. I remember a lot of movies I watch. Do you remember every movie you've ever seen? Probably not. No. So it's it's fine. Like when you're when you're people like us and we watch movies like quite regularly, there's gonna be some that really stick out. There's gonna be elements of movies that stick out to us, and there's gonna be some that eh, whatever. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's very true. But like I said, I am I, I am pleased I have watched this movie as it you know, can be one on the tick book of, yes, I've seen that, that's fine, that's good, we we don't have to watch it again. That's kind of my attitude towards this now. And it's unfortunate that that is my attitude towards it now, but that is what it is because of that one situation. Um, And I know we keep, and I know I keep bringing it up, but it is, obviously, it's very, very troubling when the rest of the movie is very light and very easy and feels like you could just watch it every day if you wanted to it's such a it's really quite fun it's really quite funny for the most part fred astaire's particularly great he's kind of sleazy a little bit and i kind of like that because he's often he's often presented as a as quite uh well, I'd say as the the story's hero, but I don't think he is. The, he's not the story's hero in this movie. He's a little bit of a drunk. He's a little bit of a arrogant kind of selfish dude, but still doing it with a charming smile on his face. I I, I like that about him in this movie. So I really, I really kind of, I, I gravitated more towards that. I prefer, I would prefer my thoughts and feelings on holiday and to focus more on what i liked about fred astaire than what i didn't like about that one particular musical number and there's a decent story in there about how hard it is to be an artist and to like get an audience and bring folk together i mean i know it's hard enough to get it's hard enough for me to get my own friends to come to a comedy gig <laughs> but that's yeah, mostly because is. i don't want to travel on a paisley train Oh well, I mean, I don't know what you think of the, of the romance plot as well. I know it's fairly basic with your kind it's of serviceable it works. triangle. It's fine. Nothing special. Not really. I mean, it it works. It's there. It was probably they're like, oh, by the way, you have to remember this is a movie. We need a romance angle. You know how like a lot of romance angles in movies feel forced when you can tell the storyteller doesn't want to talk about. It? Yeah. Look, I I do feel like this movie's made made for one purpose and it, it's a showcase movie. And it's structured like a showcase movie. It goes from musical number to musical number with a pretty thin plot in between. But that's what the movie's supposed to be. It's supposed to be musical number after musical number. It's not even supposed to have the level of plot that a Meet Me in St. Louis has. 
because it's even shorter than that. And Meet Me in St. Louis is not a long movie for having so many musical numbers in it. But this is even shorter than that. And it has continuous musical numbers in it and dance numbers. Um, like I said, though, it does have a, it does have a few good sparks of comedy. I like when our leading lady is kind of tricked. Or oh, they're both kind of tricked, aren't they? The, the two of them are both kind of tricked because, you know, they, they end up... It, basically, the whole situation is that Marjorie Reynolds moves to Holiday Inn. Marjorie Reynolds is Fred Astaire's dance partner who Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire are kind of in love with, Bing Crosby moves and sets up the Holiday Inn. Major Reynolds goes with him. And then it's a little bit of Fred Astaire trying to win her back. There's a little bit of tricky things going on. People get their cars stuck in bogs. It's quite entertaining. It It is. It's, for the most part, nice, light entertainment that you really do genuinely enjoy it's just a shame that it's just a shame that the movie's let down by its obvious let down aspect for sure right i would i would genuinely like it and genuinely re-watch it quite regularly it's it is unfortunate it's a weird it's a weird movie to talk about i think on this show, this show that I'm so usually very celebratory on and very in love with every movie we discuss on, um, even if it's a somewhat lesser movie or a particularly iconic movie. This isn't necessarily one of those cases. And it feels weird being that it's a Christmas episode as well, where I just feel like I should be in good spirits. So, so this, is the, this is the movie equivalent of getting socks for Christmas. Oh, I like socks for Christmas. <laughs> I like socks for Christmas. Don't don't be like that. All right, it's the movie equivalent of uh, getting a Christmas jumper knitted from your nan, who like you really want to love it, but really there's a really uncomfortable element to it. But you watch it anyway because okay, yes. it's your nan. Sure. Okay, let's go with that weird analogy. <laughs> I like that weird analogy. In terms of Christmas movies, Nolan, I don't suppose it would, you know, beat out many Christmas movies on your watch list. I think this movie can die hard. Oh well, that was a nice joke. Well done there. Uh but nah, I don't think I wouldn't watch this above like my usual Christmas watches. I I'd pro I'd put Meet Me in St. Louis on a regular Christmas watch. Probably not yeah. this. Yeah. But like my Christmas watches fair. are the predictable ones. I'm very boring when it comes to Christmas movies. Better watch out, Home Alone, Die Hard, and I still haven't seen Elf actually, but I don't know, maybe I'll don't, watch that. It's horrible. <laughs> I don't like Elf. People know I don't like Elf. That's not a drastic opinion for me to... Maybe you don't know that I don't like Elf. I don't. I really don't. It's a ridiculously obnoxious movie. 
that's just loud and irritating. Would you rather watch this movie or Silent Night, Deadly Night? Silent Night, Deadly Night all the time, Nolan. I love Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's weird. Also Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Sure. I've never seen Part 2, but sure. <laughs> the, have you seen the Garbage Day meme, at least? No, I don't think so. It's hilarious. I don't think so. Christmas horror movies. There, there you go as well. We can think about I, watching some I mean, of those the, in the next couple of weeks. The best one... I mean, could you say the best one's Black Christmas? Because I would say Better Watch Out is the one I enjoy watching the most. I just think Black Christmas is probably the best made one in terms of Christmas horror movies. I don't know, though. I'd have to have a good think. I would have to have a good think about that. But in terms of Holiday Inn, in terms of Holiday Inn, do we have anything else we would like to say about it, Nolan? It's a pretty straightforward movie to talk about. I think it's going to be a shorter and sweeter episode of the main show this week. It's uh, To me, it's very fitting that the Thanksgiving section is the most depressing section of the fucking movie. <laughs> 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 I'm stuffed with turkey oh. and green bean casserole and I'm with my shitty relatives. A very Thanksgiving themed section. Kinda. Kinda. And what is it as well about these supposed Christmas classics that I hadn't watched that barely have Christmas in. They're just known for one very Christmassy element. There's none of them that are at on, the only one that's at, or the only few, few I suppose I have to go up to that are actually set at Christmas is any version of or any old version of A Christmas Carol obviously and Miracle on 34th Street. Those are the only ones that are entirely actually set at Christmas that you could constitute as movie Christmas classics. The other ones just have Christmas as a part of them. You know, me and Janine covered Meet John Doe last week, and uh, the Frank Capra Christmas movie that isn't the obvious one. That's the exact same structure as It's a Wonderful Life, where Christmas shows up in the last 10 minutes for the big emotional moment. Um, although I actually kind of oddly enough, has more to do with Chris, with directly with Christmas and the feelings around Christmas than It's a Wonderful Life does. And It's a Wonderful Life, obviously, is, every, is everybody's favourite Christmas movie, as it should be, as it should be the namesake of this show. But obviously, it's barely about Christmas. It's just, it's, it's, it's weird like that. Meet Me in St. Louis was just a, a structured around a year the Christmas element happened to be the kind of best stuff, most dramatic stuff in there. This movie, the Christmas stuff, is definitely the best things to take away from it because you get White Christmas and it transcends the movie it's in. So I'd go back and watch the White Christmas scene over and over again. I'm happy to do that. That's got such a lovely vibe to it, the crackling fire, the you know, warm rug. Bing Crosby playing the piano, doing the little jingle bells on the tree with his pipe. It's perfect. It's perfect. I love that whole setup. So I'll go back and watch that time and time and time again. And I hope you will at least agree with me there. 
I I would agree with that. I'd say that's probably the best individual scene of the movie. Yeah. Well, fair enough. If we have nothing left to talk about when it comes to holiday in Nolan, do you have anything else you would like to discuss, perhaps, when while we've got a little bit of time at the end of this episode, as it is shorter and sweeter? About Holiday Inn specifically, or just Christmas movies in general? About anything you wish. Ah, well, you know what? how I'm celebrating my Christmas this year? By probably sitting on your own in the dark, like a miserable, miserable person. Oh, no, no, we're having a lad's Christmas. Oh, so dear. My friend from England is coming up, and uh, we're it's just not gonna... me. It's not, it's not Morgan, although Morgan, you would be more than welcome to drive up if you would so like. However, I would not recommend it as uh, it's quite icy on these roads right now, and I know you like to drive. I don't want you having a Jack Frost situation. Oh, well, no, I wouldn't want that either. I wouldn't want that either. No, nah, but our lad's Christmas is going to be very fun. We're going to... We're probably going to save a bit of money and get a roast chicken from Aldi instead of a big fuck-off turkey, because... I mean, you probably have a decent amount of leftovers at Christmas dinner, because you've got like a whole family and stuff. Me and my brother last year, I bought the biggest turkey we could get, and it <laughs> fed us for at least a week. What about a goose? You should get I got, a goose. I, I did a goose on New Year's last year. And it was no, quite okay. nice, but it's it's quite an acquired taste, goose. It's just it it feels very Scrooge, doesn't it? A goose it's, at Christmas. Imagine the taste of duck, but like way more gamey. That's goose. Mm, okay. Okay. Like a well, cross between true. goose and liver. I mean, duck and liver. Oh. Okay. Speaking of liver, sure. are you going to be enjoying some chicken liver pate this Christmas? Absolutely not. <laughs> at all. I don't care for that sort of thing. But that sounds lovely. That sounds lovely. At least you have nice set Christmas plans, Nolan. Are you planning on doing any other brand new uh, movie watches? In terms of Christmas movies, or, or will you stick to your old favourites that you have I'll, mentioned? I'll probably stick to my old favourites because it's a lad's Christmas. We'll want to watch some familiarity, but it will be a new one for my friend because he hasn't seen Better Watch Out, and I love showing that movie to people. It's a great movie. Their faces just drop when the twist comes. Yeah, it's, it's a really cool movie. It is. I might actually... I, I, didn't watch it last year, actually. So it has been a while since I've watched it. So I may very well put this on this year. There are also some other Christmassy movies that have come out that could be considered Christmas films, but not really. Shazam is one of them. The new Spider-Man oh, yeah. movie is set at Christmas, apparently. Is it? Yeah, it's set during Christmas time. Hmm. Okay. I suppose yeah, just... the 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 Hawkeye series that we've got out at the minute from the MCU is very Christmassy. It is. And Hawkeye is actually pretty good. It's got a very diehard vibe to it. It is good. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I'm enjoying uh, it a lot. What uh, what Christmas dish are you looking forward to the most? Ooh. Look, I mean, 
it's quite unusual really for me to for to say something like this but I, I i like christmas cake i like christmas cake a lot is that the same as christmas you know, pudding no it, christmas cake's the really dense fruit cake with like ah, acquired taste too it's really i just love it i love it so much people have don't like fruit cake have you seen the recent food trends of uh, Christmas pudding and Christmas cake flavored popcorn? Oh, for God's sake! For your Christmas why? movie nights? <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Look, at least tell me you eat as many mince pies as I do. I do enjoy a nice mince pie with a cup of tea at night. It's perfect. It's lovely. It's perfect. I do the exact same thing. I love mince pies. I love Christmas cake. It's the fruit. It's Christmas fruit-based things I'm just really into. You know I, how um, uh, how cookie dough ice cream is a thing, right? Yes. I saw a recipe recently that did the same kind of thing, but with mince pies. See, I don't think I'd like mince pie-flavored ice cream. I don't think it is mince pie flavored. It's just it's got the mince meat through it and little bits of the pastry cases, so it's like cookie dough. But oh no, I don't think I'd like that at all. Mince pies shouldn't be like really ice cold. You don't put mince pies in the fridge, do you, Nolan? You know, no, they stay weirdo in... who does that sort of stuff. <laughs> no, they stay in the cupboard. Well, yeah, that's nice. What I mean. Although, although with the temperatures now, they might as well be in the fridge. Well, that's also a fair point. Nice and nice and cold. Nice and cold, as I like to say. Get yourself a nice blanket, get wrapped up, put a candle on. Yes. And are book. you I don't know what you guys do at Christmas. Do you have your Christmas dinner at home or do you go out? We are doing this year. We're just having it at home. It's just gonna be four of us. It's gonna be nice and nice and relaxing, nice and intimate, I suppose. Santa hats, cranberry sauce, pigs in blankets, or figs exactly. in blankets now, as the no, vegans no, no, have brought no. on. No, 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 no. Look, I'm all for vegan things. I eat several vegan things. But pigs in blankets are also lovely. You can't. Would you, you can't be open to that. trying a nut roast? Sure. Yeah, why not? I've I don't up. think just looks, one. just looks like a vegetarian meatloaf, so it could be nice. I, I, you know, I don't think that's on the menu in this household. Oh no, no, no! I imagine for you, it's starters or pasty bams. Like everyone gets oh, one with a little Santa bow on it, <laughs> <laughs> and then like, I mean, oh man, what do Manchester? What would they do to their turkey that's different from the rest of the world? I don't know. Just play Oasis to it while it's defrosting. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Perfect. It comes out going, all right, our kid. That's what that's what I, that's what turkeys come out the oven saying. And if it's burned, don't look back in anger. Brilliant. You're gonna have Perfect. a nice champagne supernova. Stop it. Please. And anyway, here's Wonderwall. Please. Please <laughs> stop. No, I don't know. I don't know exactly, to be honest, what is uh, is going to be the exact menu for Robinson Christmas. 
but it, there better be Christmas cake is all I'm saying because I'm eating it all. I love Christmas cake. Is that because so no one else in your family stuff. likes it? No, my dad loves it as well. So it'd be me and my dad on, on the Christmas cake and everybody and you, else can just eat the chocolate. Do you pair it with a shot of whiskey as well? I mean, it could do. It could do. It also, obviously, any sort of wine at Christmas also feels particularly good. Are you for or against mulled wine? Do you know what, Nolan? I'm going to come clean. I've never drank mulled wine. I made a nice batch of it last Christmas in the slow cooker. It's pretty good. Okay. I probably should, but also, like, boiled wine doesn't sound particularly it's, appealing. It's simmered, not boiled. Well, If it was boiled, all the alcohol would disappear. <laughs> That's basic science. Well, I'm not a scientist. Congratulations for out-sciencing me on that one. Well done, Nolan. Anyway, anyway, I think we are going to call this week's episode of It's a Wonderful Podcast there, because ultimately, Nolan, we have to get prepared for Spider-Man. We do. Uh, I've already watched the Raimi movies, going to watch the Andrew Garfield ones probably after my exam, and... I mean, I've seen the Tom Holland one so many times that I don't really have to rewatch those. And, like, the No I'm... Way Home trailer is basically a recap of Far From Home. I'm looking forward to hearing what you think of, of, of the movie, to be honest with you. You being, obviously, such a big Spider-Man fan and knowing a lot, about, lot, lot more about Spider-Man than I do. So you'll have more interesting insight, I would hope, to think. I mean, I'm sure that Doc Ock and Green Goblin are going to be awesome, but what I really want for this movie more than anything else, I want Jamie Foxx to get a redemption as Electro, because he looks like he's having so much fun being Electro. Well, maybe he will. Maybe he very much will. But anyway, that is going to do it for episode 190 of It's a Wonderful Podcast. We have at least in part been talking about 1942's Holiday Inn with Bing Crosby, Marjorie Reynolds, and Fred Astaire. It's good. It's good. It's just got one horrible, horrible thing in it that stops you from wanting to watch it again. And it's so sad when that kind of stuff happens. It is. But I hope you have enjoyed this week's episode. This show, the main show, is not the only show we have on the It's a Wonderful podcast feed, of course. We have Machine Mondays every Monday with the Schmodowns, Janine the Machine. It was a big guest-filled special episode this past Monday, breaking down the Schmodown Spectacular and talking to Kevin Smets about his big return to the league. It was a very wonderful episode. Do not miss that episode of Machine Mondays. We also have Morgan Hasn't Seen Every Wednesday, where Janine forces me to watch things I haven't seen. It's also Christmas movie time over there, because it's a whole festive season we're doing on the It's a Wonderful podcast feed. This past Wednesday, we covered The Night Before, the Seth Rogen movie. That movie's quite funny. I really, really liked. I really liked. I think that was my favourite of the three Morgan Hasn't Seen's we've done so far. I really liked The Night Before. That's my on my kind list of, of Christmas humor. watches. You should do. Yes, absolutely. 
Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have you covered here on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed. You can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Amazon Music, and all the other places you get your podcasts. We have the It's a Wonderful Podcast Patreon. If you would like to join and support us over there, just go to patreon.com slash it's a wonderful one. Find the tier that's right for you. We also have the It's a Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel that you can go and subscribe and do your notification ding bell things on. Jingle bells, jing notification, jingle bells. You can sing jingle bells while you do it. And you should get excited because this coming Sunday we have our Christmas watch along of Home Alone 2 with me, Janine, and my dad making a triumphant return from the Christmas watch along of Die Hard last year. Which day is this? It is on Sunday. Sunday the Sunday. 19th. I'm, I might join you for that. Please do. That will be wonderful. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, is going to be that. It's going to be very, very fun. We can't wait. You can find the show on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. Find me on Twitter at the Purple Don with a three instead of the E in the because three is, of course, the magic number on Instagram. I am just at the Purple Don. And Nolan, all your wonderful stuff is where? Nolan Dean 27 on Twitter, the Glasgow Kid 1 on Twitter, and also the Glasgow Kid 27 on TikTok. Please go Ooh. on there and check out some of the clips from my comedy thing. I'm. Not going to be doing any more shows this year, instead focusing on writing new material, but I'll be back at Monkey Barrel Comedy in Edinburgh, performing on January the 10th. If you are in Edinburgh and you listen to this show, please come down and watch. It's free entry. What else have you got to do on a Monday night? Fair point. Fair point there, Nolan. Well, I think this is the time I say thank you all again for listening to this episode of It's a Wonderful Podcast. You're all delightful human beings. You truly, truly are. Nolan, see you soon. So I prepared a little piece I'd like to call 2021 Year in Review. Oh, good. Another year, another fuckload of Muppets in charge. 2021 has had many ups and downs, which can be proven scientifically by rising Omicron cases. It should come as no surprise that the Tories celebrated the new variant of COVID by having a Christmas party. You know when England had an emperor, it was called an empire. When it had a king, it was called a kingdom. But now that we have the Tories, it's a country. <laughs> That's good. I like that one. That's good. Yeah. You know, rightfully, everybody's mad at the Tories, but could you imagine what a dull affair a Tory Christmas party would be? I was actually there, and I have some insider knowledge that will blow your minds. Drinks start at 5pm, and guests are welcome with a drink of Weatherspoon's own brand lager that Tim Martin has personally squeezed from his mop buckets. <laughs> to really replicate the experience of being in a Weatherspoons, you're only allowed in after reciting your favourite passage from the menu. As with food shortages, Tim needs all the help he can get remembering which of his 2007 ready meals he has to defrost. <laughs> As the dancing goes on from Matt Hancock's iPod, we hear several tracks that we wish we could unhear with new context. This includes Van Halen's Hot for Teacher, sung to a portrait of Margaret Thatcher. 
Next up is an ABBA marathon, led by a special performance of GB News, recounting a live recreation of Waterloo, as this is the only way they feel they can stand up for the little guy. Oh, yes. Well done. (laughs) Well done. Several of the lower Tory members lurk in the corner, sipping watered-down champagne. They're wearing their own homemade costumes, having to bring their own mistletoe in hopes that someone will talk to them. Jacob Rees-Mogg <laughs> blasts <laughs> blasts them for such a disgraceful uniform before presenting them with matching Christmas jumpers. At 7pm, the food is served, consisting of the leftover frozen turkey they've kept in their freezers all year, but it needs time to defrost still, so they keep themselves busy munching on David Cameron's pork roast until they hear that he's marinated it himself. <laughs> Oh, you're taking it back there. You're taking it back. At 9pm, the party winds down so everyone can catch the tube home and have enough time to get away from being pelted with piss-filled snowballs. And before they leave, they all sit in a circle, holding hands to release Margaret Thatcher's soul from the Phantom Zone. (laughs) (laughs) I celebrated Christmas with a new hairdo and My Chemical Romance tickets. Having the blue hair has been quite fun, although I have been compared to a gender-fluid Sonic the Hedgehog, which I quite like. Like Sonic the Hedgehog, I too have to run through my hometown being chased by a bald man and a moustache who wants to collect my rings. (laughs) (laughs) But let's make 2022 better. Let's enjoy the last few days of 2021 and rejoice, for there's every chance the Omicron variant will be elected as the new leader of the Labour Party, as it does what Keir Starmer simply cannot, spread its message amongst the world through social contact. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Oh dear. Well done. Well done. Thank you, guys. Bye. (laughs) 